Hey, Babylonians. Hey, there. Hi there. My name's Nicole. And I'm Shauna, and welcome to Bloody Babbles. Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Yeah, that's right. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping. With Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool, you can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And with my promo code, code pod p-o-d you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type pod p-o-d that's stamps.com promo code pod stamps.com never go to the post office again Hello, Babylonians. I know a lot of you have been with us for a long time, even from the beginning, and we cannot say thank you enough. And I know a lot of you have been asking a lot lately, how do you make your own podcast? Well, it's simple. I use Anchor, Anchor anchor.fm, which is the website, or there is an app, or you can go on your computer, whatever you want to do. It's the easiest way. Um, It is run through Spotify, so that is one of the first uh, platforms that you'll be able to distribute your podcast out onto, and there's lots of different, it'll stream to at least, I think, 10 different platforms or more. um, I'm going to give you a quick rundown about how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter where your setup is like, you can start creating today, today, and tell me what your podcast name is, because you know I'm going to listen. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. I know a lot of you have been asking for video. Don't worry, I'm working on it. With Anchor, creators can earn money, yes, yes, you heard that right, in a variety of ways, including ads like this one and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. That's what sold me, even though it didn't have to sell me because it's free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Happy listening. For those who may be listening for the first time, for those who've been here a while... Thanks. You're welcome as well. Thanks for coming back. Yes. 
I didn't realize last week that it was our 80th episode, so that was pretty cool. Because we try not to say the numbers just in case we want to record multiple, which we talk about but never do. <laughs> we'll do it one day. Or Nicole has to put them in numerical order. Because order. I have OCD. Yes. And But yet, not enough OCD to have multiple cases ready to go. Like I did at one point in time. Maybe come Thanksgiving break or something. I mean, I know you don't have a break, but like maybe yeah. we could figure something out. For sure. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You guys get um, the whole week off here in um, our little town, so it's kind of nice. And my mom will be off that week, so um, I almost died right before we started uh, recording tonight because oh, oh God. Was, what are you talking about? Never mind. I was here. Shauna was holding <laughs> the baby. Um, <laughs> And so I have two laptops because at one point in time I was doing research at home because, you know, maternity leave because I have a three-month-old now if you're new here. And um, (laughs) one of them is like, it's a laptop that can turn into a tablet. So one side of the screen is really fucking heavy. And she was holding Apollo and I was trying to get closer to him and like, I don't know what gravitational pull, like, happened or what shift in the Gravity universe. works. That's what Gravity, happens. like, did its job today, and I, like, knocked that laptop off. There's now, like, a lump on my hand. Like, it's like a, like a, it looks like, like a vein is, like, been, like a bubblefish. Like under. a volcanic vein. And a volcanic vein under my left hand. So I'm not left-handed, which is nice, but my whole hand hurts. So... I breastfeed, if that's too much for you. Well, this is a true crime podcast. (laughs) Bye. Um, So I have some frozen milk in my little mini fridge down here that my nephew didn't take back to college with him. (laughs) Not the milk, the fridge. The fridge. I mean, if he wanted it. I mean, there's benefit. Whatever. He is an athlete, so I mean. Uh, No, I want Peyton to listen to this episode. Just just the first five minutes, homie. Um, but I have frozen breast milk down here in this mini fridge, and I so that's what I was icing my hand with. Oh, yeah. So you know, what a you go what with a, what you got. Yes. Um, we don't have any new countries. Wyoming still isn't our friend yet, but we'll get there one day. Come on, Wyoming. Wyoming, are you out there? Wyoming, start listening. I want you to look at my volcano hand. Yes. Maybe I'll post a picture of it on our Instagram, which is Bloody Babbles, <laughs> if you haven't figured that out yet. Yes. Um, I'm, the world is... I don't know what's going on in the world. It's just been a weird week. There's been a lot of death, in our, well, in my life with some of my friends. and uh, It's just chaos. It, there's a very... Um, negative and and almost um i want to say deceitful yeah and um rivalrous yes yeah uh, i've been following energy. a lot of pages that you follow on facebook mm-hmm. now because we're really into spiritual things and and, and, and just energy and just yeah yeah and all sorts of shit um Maybe that'll become a side project at one point in our lives. Maybe. Um, or just so. the project that we work on. Yeah. Within our own lives. Yeah. <laughs> we babble about I mean, in here. <laughs> yeah. Babbling bitches. That's what we do here. Uh, and then we talk about sad things. Yes. Or very... This one... Um, this one's a doozy. Um, it was... She was... Okay. We're just going to get into it because I can't fucking function right now. I've got a kid on my boob. And I my hand really fucking hurts. <laughs> And she won't quit moving it around, so there's that. And I can't because I talk with my hands. <laughs> and I have to and I'm holding my hand I'm holding my papers in my right hand. And her son. 
and her right arm under my crook of my arm because he's nursing and he's literally asleep which I guess that's all he's done today because my parents watch him for me not that you care about that but if you're not here for babbles then the bloody will come here in a second so um okay this story I have wait pause for the cause sorry so anybody feeling this energy it, we feel it too. It'll, it'll, it will pass. I'm not sure when. Maybe after this next full moon on the 19th. Breathe through it. Light a candle. Um, just breathe through it and try to set good intentions. That's the best advice I can give you, especially if you're not a huge believer. I just, but like, just, just try to breathe through it and, and, and remember that every bad thing you've gone through, you have gone through and you'll get through this next thing. Like just yeah. try, just keep breathing and keep and keep moving forward. So when you said remember, all I could think of is that scene in The Lion King when Mufasa <laughs> comes out and says, remember who remember. you are. Yes. Not as soothing as uh, James Earl Jones' voice, but you know, I do what I can. <laughs> I liked it. It was really Not good. enough for my brother to ever listen to my fucking podcast. Uh, so he just husband. recently rejoined the Facebook universe. This is Shauna's husband. Yes, and we have um, our anniversary tomorrow, which is yeah, actually yesterday, yesterday for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> the 15th. November 15th. I know my mom's Tenny like is married. and my mom's like oh my gosh I'm like I know we usually they usually celebrate their get together date which yeah. is um, end of February beginning of March we celebrate the whole week yeah. and um, I like how you said we you included you like I'll celebrate with you I love okay, it okay and then okay so like I said Vince just rejoined the Facebook world because for his job and so he's just he posted um, today about how they're caught up on shows because they're like in in their everything and. Then he, I put, so you could listen to our podcast, and I put, like, the eye roll emojis, and he's, uh, it was the gif of, um, Dr. Evil in, uh, freaking Austin Powers, and it says, how about no? And I'm like, <laughs> then I put, what, are you trying to hurt my feelings? And he goes, yes. Like, not even a gif, it was just, yes. But, but, prior to that yesterday, he listed me as a sister on his page. <laughs> Yep, it's the little things, guys. <laughs> so but I'm you kidding. know what? You know what he wanted to do? He wanted to list your mom as his stepmom. <laughs> oh my god, I'm really upset that he did it. <laughs> He's kind of upset he did it. I said, don't do that. He said, that'd be so fucking funny, babe. <laughs> yeah, because it would be funnier, because like, putting my dad as a stepdad is meh. But no, that would have been fucking awesome. But I was just like... But he didn't mention today you as a stepsister. Wow. Okay. Did you guys feel that fucking pull? <laughs> I can't even keep my eyes open. And I got five pages of notes to go through right oh now. Oh my god. It's gonna be great. I just want to laugh and cry. <sighs> okay, so if you need to laugh and cry, I mean, things are about to get real real right right now. So, um, We love is, you guys. We're we gonna get into this. We love you all so freaking much. We really do. Um, okay, let's get into this story that I've tried to bring up four times now. <laughs> I've had her on my list... And I know our dude, Nate, who we love and adore, Nate did dog. not... Yeah, Nate Dog. I love it. He did not send this in, but I had her on my list because I think at one point um, I follow some stuff on Snapchat and I had added her to the list. And then my friend Chelsea actually tagged me in this story also on Facebook. So I'm like, you know what? We're going to cover her. So her name is Leonarda <laughs> Chianchuelli. 
I was talking about Leonardo DiCaprio last night and about how he never dates women under 25, so that's just funny to me. But that's Leonardo. Leonardo Chianchuelli. And I had a whole... I literally wrote Chi in Chu Ellie, so I could say her name <laughs> I love right. It. So um, I read, I think it was three different articles about her, and then um, Stephanie, shit, yeah, Stephanie Harlow, Harlow with an E, um, covered her in two different episodes on YouTube. So go check her out. She did amazing, and that's where I got some of my info to Stephanie Harlow. Stephanie Harlow has the info because Apollo just bit my nipple. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hello with an E on the YouTubes. Go check her. Yeah, Stephanie Harlow. She's pretty, and she's pretty rad, and she's Stephanie cute. PH, Stephanie 2 Stephanie PH. Okay. Yes. Stephanie Harlow. I'll link her YouTube video on this episode. Um, I just used, I just watched part one because I couldn't find a hell of a lot about um, her childhood, but this girl, Stephanie, did some work. Thanks, so Steph. I'm crediting her with what I was able to discover from her as well. So. Um, so she was also known as the soap maker of, I'm going to guess, Correggio. If you couldn't tell by her last name, this is in Italy. <laughs> so she was born, um, in Montella di Avellino, okay. Italy. I'm so sorry. Italians? <laughs> we do have Italian Work listeners. Out. Work us oh, out. We did at one point. Um, so, okay. This is where it was fun because what, okay, so, so mm-hmm. in 1893, is her birth year, or 1894. One source said April 18th, 1893, and 1894. One said April 14th, 1894. Another one said November 14th, 1893. So she was born then. Okay. But it was on a Tuesday. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> That's all I got. Um, so... Which would be cool if it was November 14th, because that's literally today right now as we're recording this, but the 16th when you're listening to this. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. So, um, it says she was marked by an unhappy childhood, childhood being that she was the product of rape, uh, and her mother sorry. put a lot of blame on her for it. Um, a lot of people told her mother, whose name was Amelia, Amelia, that this baby is going to ruin your life. Um, a little backstory on that, and Stephanie Harlow like went deep, deep into the archives to find this because there's it's hard to find information just by simple searches on the internet when you're trying to find something back from like the 1890s. Like she she like watched two different movies or in three different documentaries and then um, read like two or three books. So she put me to shame on this one, but. Regardless, here we go. Backstory on that, her mother was um, born to a wealthy family, and she'd grown up, so to speak, with a silver spoon in her mouth. Oh, I literally said that backwards, but wrote it different. That's fine. Um, one night after a party, because she was like, like a, well, on the wealthier end of um, the Italian life, whatever, back in the 1890s, or, well, it'd be early 1900s, because I don't freaking know when she was born. Um... No, this and, is the mom. No, this is so, the mom. Yeah, so this is this would be about like the mid 1800s, and um, so she was at a party one night, and she was walking home, and she had been followed, and she had been watched for quite some time without her knowledge by a man named Mariano Cianciulli. Yep, I had to look at my pronunciation. So she gave the baby his last. Okay. Yep. Keep going. Okay. Well, she didn't have a choice. Okay. Um, so he'd been watching her for quite some time. Like mm -hmm. he'd seen her at several parties and saw and she's f for that time right. was considered very beautiful 
And is she like 12? Uh, okay, so <laughs> she's anywhere from 16 to 19 when this happens. Okay. So still very, very young, yeah. but she's at that age now where her family, um, there was a lot of male suitors yep. who were trying to come and court her. Mm -hmm. And I liked how Stephanie, she like went in and like described what courting was. Like, <laughs> it's just like dating, but different. Way different. Way than... different. Yeah. Well, I know, but like courting is, it's, yeah. you're basically trying to find a husband. Yeah. And Getting she, to know them, each other and, and yeah. figuring out how many, how many oxen are you worth? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. I mean, or I will give you 12 goats for your daughter. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Call mother. Sorry, that's an office thing. Um, but yeah, so he'd been watching her for quite some time, and he was in his 40s. Not surprised he's waiting for the tomorrow. I can't even hold the paper without it hurting. This is I'm great. Sorry. I'll probably have to go to the air after this, guys, so we'll keep you posted on that. Just kidding. I'm not all... If my hand is purple in the morning. <laughs> um, You'll have a bruise. Yeah, it's already bruised. Yeah. It fucking hurts like a mother. Um... So, yeah, he'd been watching her several times. I've been seeing, seeing her go to these, like, really fancy parties. And like I said, she was very, very beautiful. And this is Amelia. Um, so The mother. The mother of Leonardo. So he, after this one particular night, he grabs her, takes her into a nearby field, and ultimately ends up raping her. So when this happened, she was a young, young girl, and she was very naive and did not understand what was happening to her. And it was, she was a, from a very religious family. Like this was during the Roman Catholic time. Um, so her mom or her family, like was very religious, wanted her to be, have her high yeah, virtue. Married. And, yeah. Be yeah. pure, so to speak, you know? And so would she, this happened to her. I put right here that she was between the age of 16 and 19. Cause, um, she was courted by suitors to find her a husband. Um, her last name, oh gosh, no, I didn't write what her last name is like, Del, not Delacourt, that's not right, Del, Delphine, Dolph, Dolph, Dolphins, Dolphine, <laughs> something with that, Dairy I listened to Stephanie say it 34 times, but it's Dairy a Queen. very, Dairy Queen, <laughs> sponsor us, um, but no, she, her mom came, it was a very prestigious name, Okay. I can't think of what it's it okay. is, and it's fine. It's not fine. But I don't know why I didn't put it in here. But um, so, you know, as a in that time frame, you know, tampons and stuff weren't like that. But like she would just get her period. Mm -hmm. So the like the housekeepers would be like, oh, there's stains on the sheets. We got to take care of them, blah, blah, blah. Well, her house, the housekeepers told her mother it had been some time that had passed since she'd had her period and that they were concerned. Yeah. Like, and her mother was like, mm, we know what's, what's going on here because she'd been seeing these men and sorry, I'm going off notes here, it's, but I, I, love I, it. I, I know I, love I was it. like, Shauna likes it when I know what I'm actually talking about. <laughs> and I'm not going to talk about Stephanie Harlow enough, but that girl knows her ish and she's amazing. So, um, her parents confronted her knowing her, um, she was probably pregnant because what other, what else is going to happen if you're not having your period that young and you know, you've been, um, and they wanted to know what suitor it was that took her virtue or virginity, so right. to speak. So eventually like there, her dad had every intention to go to every single one of these boys houses. Cause I'm assuming they're young 
ish uh, men. for this guy. So. Yeah. Well, and then... So he was going to go to every one of their houses and be like, who the fuck did this to my daughter? Good. So, so were, he wasn't blaming her. No. He was mad at... The, okay, good. Because I was... A fir- okay. Not at first. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, he was like, we're going to find out, but... Okay, but this is why. So she told them, finally, about the night of the party and what happened in the field. So... This is not going to make anybody happy because I was pretty fucking upset when I was listening to this and reading about it. Um, So Amelia's parents invited over their daughter's rapist family and had them eat dinner together and planned for the two to get married as soon as possible so no one would know she was pregnant Mm -hmm. because she wasn't starting to show yet. Mm -hmm. So she is forced to marry this man who raped her because they don't want to taint their family name. And her family basically forces her into this marriage she doesn't want, and then they completely shun her and ignore her. Like, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. So, so yeah. So they get married, um, and they have Leonardo, and she, as far as I know, she's the only one, only child they had together. Um, so... Leonardo was very heavily abused and was told um, everything she did was wrong and bad. Her mother constantly told her she was the reason her mother's life sucked, so to speak. Um, Amelia put all the blame on this baby as of the time. Um, Oh, as of the time, it was typical of women to be homemakers and mothers, but she was from a higher society and was forced to live a life in poverty because of being forced to marry her rapist so her family wouldn't carry her shame. Um, she was at her mother's mercy and Leonardo was the subject of the abuse because her mother had control over her versus her being controlled by her drunk, jobless husband because he's like, oh, I've got this pretty young wife and we can live off means from her. Not the case. That wasn't anything that happened at all. And then, um, she was, you know, like I said, she came from a wealthy family. She had servants and maids Mm -hmm. and wazoo whatever and now she's got to live this life where she has to cook she has to clean she has to take care of the home plus a child and deal with this drunk husband who comes home and beats the shit out of her all the time so it's just um they lived off the church that they go to for food and shelter that's how they were able to um uh have a like yeah exactly i'm sorry i'm just getting that is my child <laughs> dreaming about boobs. Um, okay. So, um, okay. Any type of money they received, Leonardo's father would drink. Her father eventually disappeared. Um, one night, um, I think she's around six years old, I believe. Five or six years old. Um, yeah. Ages aren't really strong in this one just because of the weird time frame. Um, so, he ended up at a friend's house where he ended. He had a really horrible fever. Um, I don't know how hot he was, but it was pretty freaking sufficient. No, I meant significantly high, and I said sufficient. Bye. <laughs> Amelia put um, put him in. She brings him home and puts him in bed and doesn't call the doctor because her abuser would potentially die. Like she was just like, you know what? You did this to yourself. You couldn't stop drinking, and well, it is what it is. So. Um, it left Amelia with hopefulness that she could find a new husband with better means, and eventually, um, Mariano did finally pass away, succumbed to that fever, um, at his funeral, 
Leonardo recalled later on that her mother ended up spitting on his grave after he was buried. But, I mean... I mean, I would spit on her parents' graves also, in in her case, because starting off first, oh, yeah, you're you're pregnant. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You're going to go marry this guy that impregnated you, even though he's, like, 30 years older. You know how often I'm sure that happened? Yeah. Especially the 30 years older. Maybe not so much the rape, but I do believe, like, when a man decided that he wanted his 12, 13, 14-year-old bride, 16, 17, 18, 19, whatever, I think 16 through 19 is a little older than what was really going on a lot of the time. Right. Maybe I'm thinking earlier, like, maybe maybe not late 18, I don't know. Regardless, it, 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 it... it was going on, and um, so that was. I'm grateful for where we are now in this day and age, where women have a voice, and it's and pedophilia is not okay, and um, because this 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 was going on for way too long. Exactly, <laughs> I agree. Gross. Um, so as you know, so he passes away, and Amelia's getting in her head like, oh man, okay. It won't be, I won't be so looked down on as a widow right. um, versus, you know, uh, having a baby out of wedlock and whatnot, not being with the father of the child. Um, she was hopeful, hopeful her family would take her back, but since she married below her means, she remained ultimately shunned from her family. Because you married beyond your, you didn't give me a flipping choice. Right. Yeah, they pretended they didn't exist, um, Leonardo included. She hoped to find a middle middle class put me whoops man on her own means to take her and her daughter in. Amelia was hopeful um, her good looks would find her a new husband because I mean, so she if she was at nineteen, you know, at the absolute oldest, she would have been about twenty five when he finally passes away. If Leonardo was six, right. so she's still fairly young, yes. especially for this time um, time frame. She ended up attracting men who were involved in organized crime and and had uh, money built on illegal means. Like, she was getting showered with gifts. She was going to all these uh, luxurious parties. Um, and um, her mom did end up remarrying. Um, it never stated what his name was. And um, Leonardo was basically an afterthought. Her stepfather saw her as excess baggage to be um, with her pretty young mom. She was often left alone and had to fend for herself sometimes at all hours of the night. She wasn't shown love as she should have been at this age. Her mother didn't let it go about forgetting that she hated her daughter and her existence. So that was something that her mom constantly told her all the time that, you know, I could have had this lifestyle if it wasn't for you, blah, blah, blah. And just treating her daughter like complete and utter garbage. Mm-hmm. So this is all, so this, you know, five or six, um, and she's... Um, that's like when their brains are like molding yeah. and mm-hmm. they start remembering those things. Hi, Squish. And it, um, it's, I feel sorry for Leonardo as a child. Yeah, child, for sure. That's the one thing I like when the, that the Morbid Girls talk about in their podcast is like, we can feel sorry for them as their children, but what she does later on in life makes her fucked up. But <laughs> this part's going to get a little bit sad. Um, it was... Uh, said that Leonardo had attempted suicide twice before she became an adult. The first time she was 13 and she tried to hang herself and she used a noose and um, had put it up in her like bedroom rafters but it ended up like she ended up falling and it didn't like 
do what she wanted it to do, and it ended up crushing her larynx. And um, her mother didn't even, like, notice that her daughter couldn't speak and that she was in pain because she had attempted to take her own life mm -hmm. because she was so worried about going to all these lavish parties and pleasing her new middle-class husband. So she ended up trying to hang herself not even a year later and failed that attempt as well. Um, so as she grew up, uh, Leonardo was not a hideous human for that time, because when I saw her, I'm like, okay. I, they're like, oh yeah, she's just dropped dead gorgeous. Her mom thinks she's super beautiful. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so her mother was like, okay, you know, she's got these good looks as well. And wanted to land Leonardo, a wealthy husband that wouldn't that would in turn take care of her and her parents. So oh, so now I'm gonna give my daughter attention. Okay. Yeah, now I'm gonna give her. Yeah, and that's exactly like I. You guys gotta go watch the Stephanie video. I'm gonna reference it a lot. Um, well, till I stopped watching, but I was literally like watching it all. Yay! I didn't say that. Nope. Nope. Sure didn't. Twenty four fifty. Got it. Um, I don't know why saying it out loud somehow reminds me of it when I'm ever <laughs> when I'm editing. But I was listening to Miss Stephanie while I was researching, and she's great. <laughs> but, um, so, this brings us to either 1914 or 1917, because um, the two, no, three, I went to three different articles. Um, she ends up meeting this man. His name is Raphael Pansardi, I'm guessing. And... Uh, he was a clerk in the a registry office, and he went to live in Lariano in Alta Irpina. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, okay, I was just, I, in this part, um, Leonardo had, yeah, she fell for this Raphael guy. Would you stop playing? This is not a game. He wants to play with my nipple. Sorry if that's weird. But he just starts smiling and laughing and won't stay latched. And it's just exhausting. So, like, her mom was, like, trying to find her, like, a suitor. She's like, oh, she's really beautiful. And, mm -hmm. you know, with that dolphin last name, it's really going to bother me. Um, it's like Delphine. Do you Del want to pause it? Delph no. Okay. Delphine. It's, it's something to that effect. Okay. With... That being her bloodline, she was, like, getting these invitations back to these luncheons and stuff that she was going to as a younger girl and just getting her nose back in there just because her daughter was beautiful and she's like, oh, I can, I can find her a good man's. Mm -hmm. And she didn't, like, you know, be like, hey, don't go off and marry Raphael. You know, I've got these other suitors who could probably give you a really wealthy lifestyle, but... Leonardo was like, I don't give a fuck what you say. Yeah, I would. I don't blame Leonardo. I don't. At this point. Right. <laughs> and she's just, she's. he treated her well. He worked hard, that Raphael did. And he, he treated her, you know, good and had a decent job. Like, it probably wasn't going to be, like, a super lavish life, but it wouldn't be a bad one either. She's never known a lavish life either. Right. So and she's, like, this is better than what she's known. And she absolutely just wanted to get away from her mother. Yeah. Like, as... You know, like, there's some shitty moms in, like, a lot of true crime cases um, that just, that, yeah. Okay. So, Leonardo claimed her mother ended up cursing their marriage because she dis disapproved of it because they wanted her to marry another man. Or, I don't, in Stephanie's video, she talked about, like, there was just a bunch of different suitors. And, but, she, Raphael was the one. 
And I like saying Raphael. So in so that was 1914 or 1917 when she marries him. And then in 1927, Miss Leonardo finds herself imprisoned for fraud. Oops. When she was released, she and her family ended up moving from Potenza to Lacedonia, not far from her childhood home. So that's her first little touch with the law. It's you're, I don't. If you don't know what this case is, it's nuts. I don't what? know what this case is. This yeah. is nuts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. I like doing that to Chana. It's my favorite. Um, so, so they end up moving. They're there for three years, and on July 23rd, 1930, an earthquake ends up destroying their home. It also destroyed thousands of other homes. It was categorized as one of the most destructive earthquakes in Italian history. So then this ends up putting the couple into um, the town of Correggio, if you remember this. She's deemed the soap maker, and that is for a reason that we'll, we'll find out shortly why. Okay. So in the province of Reggio Emilia, well, that's ironic, but her mom's name, oh, I don't know if her mom's name was spelled like that or not, but it's weird that she lives in the province that has the same as her mom's name. So she ends up opening a little shop, and she was seen as a super nice lady. She was gentle, a doting mother, and a nice neighbor. How many so, kiddos does she have? Do we know? Okay. It's literally next. That's crazy. It's okay. We vibing. We vibing <laughs> over here. So over the course of her marriage, um, she ended up going... Okay, before I get into that, I should have... I guess I did it backwards. Um, no, I'll just keep going. She had 17 pregnancies. Okay. Three were miscarriages. Okay. Ten died at a very young age. Oh, my. So four of her children survive, and she protected them at any cost. Um, she, her oldest, she has an oldest boy. I don't know if I get into her other four children, but, yeah, 17 total pregnancies, and four of them survive past either babyhood or toddlerhood. And I know that's pretty common back then because you could get a scratch and you could get really sick because they yeah. just didn't have the antibiotics and the stuff that we have nowadays so yeah and like surviving well yeah surviving childhood yeah was like few she's lucky between. she's because mm -hmm. i mean those 10 so she i mean she had three miscarriages and then that means she had 14 live births i don't even I just had my second, and I'm done. <laughs> like, I couldn't... But 14 live births that end up not living very well, long. Well, 10 of them didn't. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, 14 live births, and then 10 of those babies That's didn't live past... Babies, babies that didn't live very long. Yeah. Well, for Leonardo had not forgotten the words of a gypsy fortune teller who many years earlier had predicted a terrible fate for her. This gypsy told her, quote, you will marry and have children... But all your children will die. Later, she ended up having her palm read by another gypsy who told her, quote, In your right hand, I see prison. In your left, a criminal asylum. This invoked a wild stint of super superstitions in Leonardo, and she took these warnings to heart. Like, she became hella superstitious. Okay. Like, very... And <laughs> what she decides to do is great. Take fate into her own hands, I'm assuming. Literally her own hands. In 1939, when her um, eldest and her favorite son, Giuseppe, I love the name Giuseppe, I was really excited to say Giuseppe. 
anyone whose name is Giuseppe is going to be like, and I'm out, <laughs> was to, um, he was set to join the army as Italy's entry into World War II became increasingly imminent. Um, Leonardo decided what she had to do. You know what? She, what do you think she'd have to do to make sure her son is safe while he's in the army? Do you want to take a guess? No. Okay, human sacrifice, because, you know, that's going to save him. <laughs> it wasn't clear where she had come up with this this assumption. Uh, Roman Catholicism pre was prevalent in Italy at this time, which forbade human sacrifice as it was an abomination before God. Mm -hmm. But Leonardo's like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to kill some people. Jeez. So these three friends for lack of a better word, were lonely aged women who um, had given would give anything to escape from the routine and solitude of Correggio. All three asked for Leonardo asked her for help. I don't know what just happened. I added a word that wasn't even there. Asked Leonardo for help and she decided that the time had come to act on these sacrifices. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Paolo. <laughs> Don, I hope you heard that. <laughs> um, gosh, the first to fall into her trap was a girl named Faustina Setti. She was the oldest. I want to say she was 73. No, not that old. 53? Nope. And nobody lived 73 back then. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. <laughs> right. Um, she was the oldest. Um, she was drawn by Leonardo's promise that she had found her a husband in the town of Pola, in 1939 so this is literally within that same year of when her her son is getting ready to join the army and whatnot so leonardo convinced the woman not to tell anyone about the news of her finding this husband for her so on the day of her departure faustina went to say goodbye to her friend who um convinced her to write some letters and postcards or leonardo convinced her to write some letters and postcards to her friends and relatives which she was to send as soon as she reached pola telling them that everything was fine so she ha she pre-wrote these. Okay. She's a little kind of smart in a scary way. Okay. So, um, but Faustina never made it to Pola. She was first drugged with spiked wine, and then Leonardo killed her with an axe. Okay. She dragged her body into a closet, cut it into nine parts, and gathered the blood in a basin. Then she wrote in her statement, because, spoiler alert, she gets caught later on. Thank goodness. Quote, I threw the pieces into a pot, added seven kilos of caustic soda, which I had bought to make soap, and stirred the whole mixture until the pieces dissolved into a thick, dark mush that I poured into several buckets and emptied into a nearby septic tank. As for the blood in the basin, I waited until it coagulated, dried it in the oven, ground it, and mixed it with flour, sugar, chocolate, milk, and eggs, as well as a bit of margarine, kneading all the in ingredients together. I made lots of crunchy tea cakes and served them to ladies who came to visit, though Giuseppe and I also ate them. So oh. she used her blood to make tea cakes. Wow. Yeah, that's just the beginning. So, um, so she ended up taking Faustina's life savings, which was 30,000 Italian, I'm going to guess, it's Lear, or Lyre, Lear, L-I-R-E, Lyre, because she's a liar. That's yeah. <laughs> all I could think when I was trying, I should have looked up how to say it. But that is the equivalent of $17.94, and adjusted for 2020 inflation would equal to about $332. I said big old spender she was. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, 30000 is probably a lot. Yeah, I would guess back then. But, I mean, so if we were to take 
seventeen or three hundred and thirty-two dollars, we'd be basically rich, I guess. In back in the Italy, 1800s? Back yeah. then, yes. Or I guess this is nineteen thirty something, thirty-nine. Nineteen thirty-nine, yeah, but still. Um, so she received this payment for setting up Faustina with a husband. Scam artist plus murderer. What a track record she's starting to make. Why so, would you make your son eat it? That's weird. I don't... Okay. Yeah. Yep. 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 Okay. Yeah. So the next victim was Francesca, I'm going to guess, Soavi. S-O-A-V-I. I don't know why I said V word. Um, Leonardo had promised her a job at a girls' school in... Mm. Piacenza? Mm-hmm. Piacenza. <laughs> Good job. There goes all the Italian listeners. On the morning of September 5th, 1940, she went to say goodbye to her friend, um, Francesca does, before setting off. She had her do the same thing as Faustina and write letters to her friends detailing the trip. She again drugged her with spiked wine, killed her with an axe, baked her into tea cakes, and again stole her money. This time it was only 3000 Lear, that's how I'm going to say it. Okay. Um, the script was the same. She convinced the woman to write two postcards telling her she, sh- she should send them from Correggio to inform her acquaintances that she was leaving, but without saying where she was going on the secret job of being a teacher. Leonardo then the attacked the woman teacher. and made the second sacrifice. I, so, yeah, I it's, um, I don't even know. So the third and final victim, her name was Virginia... Cacciapo? Cacciapo? C-A-C-I-O-P-P-O. Okay. A former opera singer. She was then 53, and she had reduced to living with her memories of the past in poverty. Um, she was like a, a soprano singer, like which Ooh. is like super high, gorgeous, mm-hmm. beautiful opera singer. Leonardo offered her a job in Florence as a secretary to a mysterious theater impresario. Begging her not to tell a soul, Virginia was enthusiastic about the proposal and kept the secret. Because I mean, how could that not be like? Oh my gosh, this could be like almost a dream job. You're right? just working with um, I'm in theater, music has a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Virginia was enthusiastic about the. Oh yeah, so she kept it a secret. Sorry, I already said that. Excuse me. So the that one was what did I say? September fifth. I just lost. Yep. So Francesca was September 5th, 1940. And this is September 30th. So 25 days later, she went to Leonardo's house where she, quote, she ended up in the pot like the other two. Her flesh was fat and white. This is Leonardo speaking. When it had melted, I added a bottle of cologne. And after a long time on the boil, I was able to make some uh, most acceptable creamy soap. I gave bars to the neighbors and acquaintances. The cakes, too, were better. That woman was really sweet, unquote. And then she reportedly received 50,000 lire and assorted jewels from Virginia's death, as a, it, which was her payment for getting her set up with this mysterious, not real mysterious job. Mysterious cauldron. Yes. God, <laughs> literally. So Yuck. Wow. So... Luckily, Virginia's sister-in-law, whose suspicions were aroused by her sudden disappearance, had last seen her go into Leonardo's house and reported the facts to the police superintendent and Reggio um, Emilia, which is the, uh, is it the Providence? 
or the county county that they lived in, who, by following the many clues left by the murderess, unmasked the soap maker. At first, Leonardo defended, her, defended herself. It was only then when the... Okay, so as she's being questioned, the police shifted their blame towards her son, Giuseppe, her favorite, that she finally broke down and admitted to everything. Um, another source stated under questioning that she immediately confessed to the three murders versus trying to be like, oh, no, 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 I didn't do this. But then they mentioned Giuseppe, and she's like, all right, I did it. Sure. So just a couple different. So, there's that. Yeah. So um, she ends up going to trial pretty quickly, and it only lasted a few days. She was tried for murder. This said in 1946, so that would have been like, that was six years after, but I mean, I don't know what the system was like back then. Um, uh, she was tried for murder in 1946 and remained unrepentant, even corrected the official account while on the, on the stand. At her trial, this was... Um, What's going sorry, on? <laughs> I didn't... He's like... He was, I don't want to say it out loud. Okay. I'll say it in a minute. That was weird. <laughs> At her trial in Reggio Emilia last week, poet poetess, this is a, from a newspaper article, Leonardo gripped the witness stand rail with oddly delicate hands and calmly set the prosecutor right on the certain details. Oh. Her deep-set dark eyes gleamed with a wild inner pride as she concluded, quote, I gave the copper later, ladle which I used to skim the fat off the kettles to my country, which was so badly in need of metal during the last days of the war. All right. Gross. Okay. Um, she was found guilty of her crime. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> she was granted a 33-year sentence that the court found her guilty of the atrocious crime, crimes and sentenced her to 30 years in prison and three years in a criminal asylum. Oh. Remember? Uh, the gypsy said you were going to either yeah. in right one hand is yeah, prison and the other one is an asylum. In her freaking court hearing, she ends up getting both. both? Huh? Put so, your hands together. Oh, this was the uh, <laughs> Romani woman's prophecy with eerie accuracy, which is what I just said. Wow, good job. She died in the women's criminal asylum in Pozzuoli. Pozzuoli? Like sure. It. On October 15th, 19th. Sounds like a good pasta dish. Pozzoli. Mm -hmm. Want some pozzoli? Grandma, give me some pozzoli. <laughs> On October 15th, 1970, um, she was struck down by cer cerebral apoplexy, which was a type of hemorrhage, and she was 79 years old. Wow. Um, her body was returned to her family for burial, but her murder weapons, including the bot where her um, victims were boiled in, were donated to the Criminology Museum in Rome. To the to this day, museum visitors can see her collection of axes and peer inside the vat that she used to boil human beings. Kind of want to go to Rome and see this museum. Kind of same. Awesome. Mm -hmm. In 1979, Lena Wertmuller, I guess is how you say it, produced the play Love and Magic in Mama's Kitchen, which was based on her life for the Spatello Festival. And then in 1983, the show began a Broadway run also. Wow. So... She lived her best life and then had a brain hemorrhage and died. So that how do you come up with I, I guess you I guess I've never made soap. So <laughs> But the, and then I don't know, I just how, how do you know how blood's gonna quiet I don't that is wild. And to put it in tea cakes. The blood yeah, like I don't I mean I I think I've read something somewhere about how you could use 
blood as like a secondary thing to for eggs or something. Something I think like it's for I think eggs. it's eggs. Yeah, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who figured that? Out? Was it her? <laughs> like right? Hey, Leonardo, you get the credit for that, possibly. Or is it because when you're raising oxen or chickens or cows or whatever, sheep, goats, like maybe maybe your chickens aren't laying, your hens aren't laying? I don't know. So you figure this out, or you when you drain the cow or the whatever of yeah. the blood, you f- what am I gonna do with all this blood? Because people would back in the day use every yeah. part of the animal. Exactly. So maybe. Until next time. Oh. <laughs> Follow us on social media. Bloody Babbles Podcast. Podcast. Mm-hmm. Email us. Rate and review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser.com. Fantasy and World Music by the Fighters. Gotta go do some serious editing. <laughs> we for the end of this crazy bloodbath. <laughs> See what I did there? I dig it. Ah, until next time, guys. Babylon. Babylon. <laughs>